We're in the middle of the Maimer, and we were explaining what the sword is. We said that Yudke Vavke is a sword. Yudke Vavke is a truth, and it fights that this, this truth should be felt. So it's a sword. Now, we started to explain what this truth is and what it's fighting. So we began by explaining how is it that this klipa, which is a lie, that there's something independent and disconnected from the truth of Hashem, can exist. If the truth is that there's nothing but Hashem, so how come there's this, how can it be that there's another existence that feels and announces that I also exist? So we said there are two explanations. One is through tzimtzumim. We explained that a real lie can't exist. There needs to be a little bit of truth for the lie to be believed. However, how can that lie exist if the truth is really well hidden? So if the truth is really well hidden, then the lie can exist. Again, with an ounce of truth, but it can exist. And we finished off with just a marshal that whenever someone's trying to communicate something and they're trying to understand how something the exact opposite is coming out of what they're saying. Maybe they're hiding the truth too well, and therefore the one receiving the message is understanding it completely different. Even though, again, there might be an ounce of similarity, but completely different, so too there's a truth of Enid Mulvadai. How can it be that something feels something so different than that truth? That's because the truth of Enid Mulvadai is very, very hidden. But Oifenabez, there's another way in which Klipa receives vitality and existence. How can it continue to exist? What is it? What's its fuel? There's another way that Klipa receives its existence, and that's from a very different way, and that is because it goes to a very high place in which in that place, in that space, everything is equal. It's so above all the differences, and therefore it has, it has a place there. Where, where dark and light are equal, so then darkness has a place just like light does. The spider is in the king's inner chamber, and no one notices it. Being that it's in such a great place, the king's chamber... So therefore, therefore the spider can exist there because no one even pays attention to it because people are involved in so much greater things. So Klippa can get its existence from a very great place, a very removed place that, so to speak, doesn't even get involved and therefore negativity can exist. Maybe we'll get back to that. I just don't, don't want to get stuck on this. If it will raise itself up like an eagle, just like the eagle flies high, soars high in the sky, so Tuklipa receives its existence because it goes really, really high and it gets its existence from a very high place, again, a place that doesn't see and doesn't care about differences. The Rebbe takes it further and says, Klipa will receive its vitality based on the person's behavior. It says that Yaakov is like a string of inheritance. So there's a string over here. What's the string? 
just like you can have a string that's tied really high up and also really low down. So what happens? Because it's one string, so when one shakes the bottom of the string, the top of the string is affected. It shakes as well. The same thing applies to we have tremendous effect on everything that goes on above, and that's why we're called a string. We're on the bottom, but everything that we do affects everything that's going on in the greater world. Let's go to the first thing. We said, Klippa can exist if the truth of Hashem really lowers itself, hides itself, and lowers itself through symptom after symptom, limit after limit. So what would that mean in life? That would mean when a person lowers their own self, they lower their standards, they go below who they are. Yid is naturally supposed to be interested and want to be closer to godliness through davening and through learning. The person lowers themselves into materialistic things. What they cause is that Hashem also, so to speak, lowers Himself, and then evil can exist. Or again, there's another way in which Klippa can exist, and that's also based on how a person behaves. If a person looks at themselves much greater than who they really are, without humility, even though the person knows really how low they are, still they act as if they're above everyone, and it makes no sense, there's no logic to it. Then their spirit of haughtiness, of gaiva, causes a spirit from above, that same thing. Then again, the general evil that exists also can receive its vitality from lifting itself up, going to a place where it really doesn't belong. It's going to the greatest levels of godliness, and it can get then its existence. Pare is the same letters as the word Ha'irif, which means the back of the neck. Hashem is described as one large body, and part of his body, the back of the neck, is called the, the back of Arich, which is the back of Keser, a very, very high level. The back in general is like less defined, less divided. Which shows on a very high level, an undefined level. This is again dependent on the person's avaydash. When we turn our back, so to speak, on Hashem, then we cause again this concept that evil can exist when it gets its vitality from when Hashem turns his back, but he gives. There are things that Hashem likes to give to. That's when Hashem faces what he gives, like a person receiving or giving something, facing the person where there's eye-to-eye contact, and then, where's the, then when the person is uninterested, but they give anyways, they sort of turn their back. So when a person, so to speak, turns his back on Hashem, meaning to say, they do what Hashem wants, but not happy to do it, so Hashem will then give vitality to all evil, again, in the back of the person, the Eiref, is where you don't see different parts, as opposed to the face, where you can see distinction. The back is a very high place where there is where darkness and light are equal. So now the Rebbe gets back to this double-edged sword. We asked, what's the point of a double-edged sword? Well, it has two purposes. We're trying to kill 
and remove the vitality of klipa in two ways. And that's through our avayda. So when we remove the vitality of klipa in any of these two ways, it's like we're using a sword, and that's why we call the sword a double-edged sword. Bezus Hashem will keep on coming back to these things to try to explain them a little better, more ICS. Let's go further. Siv Dalad, Let's understand this in detail. In the Maimarim, they talk about Mitzrayim and leaving Egypt. The Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim is referring to the narrowness of the throat. So we have the windpipe, the the food pipe, the esophagus, and the vridim, the veins. We have Egypt, and then we have the three ministers of Paray that you have to get past in order to exit Egypt. So we have the butler, the the butcher, or the executioner, and the sarah the baker. Both in the Klipa and in the Kedusha, we have these three ministers, which literally run the land. What is Saramashkim? Saramashkim is pleasure. Shari, what's the connection between water and pleasure? Shari, it's the moist, the water that gives birth, that produces all types of pleasures. And it's the moist within everything that causes pleasure. This is the pleasure that motivates every level of Ishtashlos. That pleasure that's going to ultimately cause Hashem, that Hashem is going to enjoy from the final world that's going to exist. That's what motivates the entire Seder Ishtashlos. So it permeates the entire Seder Ishtashlos. Well, Amir Hashem, continue and try to explain more in the next year.